Hey, whether you enjoy listening to Breaking Down Collapse or Building Up Resilience, I think you'll also really enjoy our bonus content on Patreon. Yeah, Kellen and I take 20 minutes each week to talk about the news that's happening all around us and Collapse as it plays out. We like to have a little fun with it, but also make sure that you're aware of what's going on in the world of Collapse. We look forward to having you join us there. The link to join us on Patreon is in the episode description. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You might be wondering why this episode was released on a Friday. As you know, Kellen and I do bonus episodes for our Patreon subscribers. Because this is our 20th week of bonus episodes, we thought we would release this one to our regular podcast listeners so they could get an idea of what we talk about weekly in those bonus episodes. If you like what you hear in this bonus episode, feel free to join us on Patreon. You can find a link in the description of this episode. Listen, normally I like to be right, but I might not love to say I told you so. The words taste overripe, they come out of my mouth and make me choke. It's like a bad joke to perceive the irony of people in designer clothes on their iPhones posting selfies. So please, you've got to come help me. I'm broken the grocery store. Did you hear the good news, Kellen? What good news? The world's second wealthiest man, Jeffrey Bezos, has a solution, a vision of the future, if you will, that solves all of humanity's problems. And all it involves is a multi-trillion dollar space infrastructure, humans working like worker ants, and getting to visit the Earth as a vacation destination like we would visit, say, Yellowstone National Park. Yes, that's right. I was very intrigued by his comments about floating space cities and the idea that people will be born there and live there and they will be permitted from time to time to visit Earth like a vacation destination. And I'm guessing that's going to be reserved for the wealthy in Jeff Bezos' world. And, you know, I'm curious. I wonder who's going to build all this space infrastructure and take us to and from Earth to these floating space cities and back. Could it be, I don't know, Amazon? <laughs> like, is he building this future that he plans on controlling? <laughs> well, can I just say that we live in such a weird time? Because if you look at the world's two wealthiest men who each right now have over $200 billion, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they are the two individuals that seem to be talking most 
about humanity's future in space. And the article that we've looked at, Jeff Bezos is saying, yeah, we're going to live on these floating space cities and visit Earth from time to time. It makes this statement. It says, he added that the floating cities of the future are more likely than colonizing distant planets, a subtle dig at Elon Musk's predictions about Mars. And something is just so funny about the fact that the world's too wealthiest men are arguing about which way we're going to somehow colonize space and that's what they see as the future of mankind like imagine if the world's billionaires put their heads their energy their money together towards i don't know fixing the problems on earth (laughs) instead of trying to say how can we escape it seems like that would do us a great deal more of a favor than than the sort of ridiculous bickering about things that will never happen. Well, speaking of the fact that the Earth is becoming a place we may need to escape in the future, here's this other article, and the title of it is Frustrated Doctor Diagnoses Woman with Climate Change in World First. And this is a Canadian woman who apparently is the first patient ever in the world to be diagnosed by a medical doctor as suffering from climate change. Which, I'm I'm not going to lie, when I first read this, I wondered if it was something from like The Onion or if it was some sort of satirical article because what does that even mean? Like she was diagnosed with climate change. The article itself mentions that it's believed that something like 150,000 deaths a year are directly caused by climate change. But for some reason, this woman was the first one. That was the actual diagnosis. She wasn't diagnosed with asthma or with diabetes. It was a combination of a whole bunch of different things that she had. Asthma, diabetes, some heart failure. But they believe, this doctor believes that All of those conditions that she's experiencing are because of climate change in her area. And therefore, they just said, let's diagnose her with climate change. I've got to say, I love that you mentioned The Onion, which for those of you who don't know, everything that they publish is satirical. They're kind of making a joke about societal issues. Earlier this week, Corey, you sent me an article from The Onion, and the title of it is Climate Summit Sets Ambitious Goal to Phase Out Fossil Fuels by time earth runs out of them and it has a fake quote in the article from john Kerry, and it's kind of lengthy so i won't read it all but all of it is just brilliantly written but at one point he is quoted as saying wealthy countries will lead the way here ensuring we bear the burden of using as much oil as possible in industries ranging from transportation to manufacturing that will help move up our timeline for the day we can finally no longer physically use oil because no trace of it remains on the face of the earth. After that, of course, we'll probably have a hundred years of natural gas. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, so if I had any choice of a job, I think I would be like a writer or something for the onion because it's my, it's my type of humor. And I think it's hilarious because in the past, you know, 15 years ago, the onion was so outrageous. You would read a headline to an article and you'd be like, Oh, that's definitely the onion because it's so out there. But now it feels like I read so many headlines and I'm like, was is that from The Onion? Or I read an Onion headline and I just assume it's true because the present is kind of so ridiculous. We're living in this sort of world that just caters to satirical humor because it's that outrageous. And that's just it. Here we're talking about first an article from the ultra wealthy stating this strange vision of the future where we live on space cities and then another where a doctor is diagnosing a woman with climate change and those are real articles about real 
things that were said are real events. And yet you look at that and you think it must be a joke. When reality is stranger than fiction, it makes me think that it's just no wonder there are so many strange ideas floating around out there. Yeah, in all honesty, I think of that first article about space cities. And you could read that that exact same article with a sarcastic tone of voice, and it would sound like it came straight from the onion. Because how tone deaf and ridiculous is it for the world's wealthiest to be talking about almost like it's such a honor for us to get to work in these marvelous space cities and visit the earth on a vacation. I mean, it's just, yeah, ridiculous. So to maybe talk about something that is unfortunately not satirical uh, and not funny is the absolute devastation that British Columbia, Canada is experiencing right now in regards to these recent storms. It's been fascinating to watch on the subreddit as there's suddenly this flood of articles coming in about what's going on in Canada. And there's been a couple of really well-written self-posts describing the situation there and how not just what's happening right now with the floods, but everything that's happened in British Columbia over the last six months and how in a lot of ways it seems like we're seeing the type of things coming out of there that are going to be happening more frequently everywhere around the world. It's this perfect little case study of collapse. Yeah, you shared some of those with me. And in one of them, it just gives a little bit of a overview, kind of a bolded list that says 2021 has been a wild year for Vancouver and for British Columbia. And then the list says heat dome, wildfires, bomb cyclones, a tornado, atmospheric rivers, unprecedented infrastructure destruction. And so, Corey, for those who aren't aware of what these events have looked like or what the current state is, what can you share about what's taken place recently? Yeah, it seems like you might think anyone could just cherry pick sort of the worst of these events to make it sound like it's this big epic thing. And in this case, it really is. Each one of these things they described was a very serious and in many cases unprecedented or record-breaking event you know wildfires british columbia had so many wildfires this year i do believe it was a record for them one of which completely wiped out the town of Lytton, which we talked about when it happened similar to what happened in paradise you know it's this fast moving insanely intense fire that just swept through the area Heat Dome, we also talked about this when it happened. The intense heat um, in not just Vancouver, but also throughout Washington and Portland specifically brought heat that ended up killing hundreds of people in what turned out to be, again, record-breaking heat. You know, and in some places in British Columbia, it got up to almost 50 degrees Celsius, which was like 121 degrees Fahrenheit, when previously the record was 45 degrees Celsius. So it was this huge record-breaking heat dome. They said they believe it killed more than a billion marine animals on the coast. So a huge deal. And then just now this week, they've been suffering from an atmospheric river. And we've been talking about atmospheric rivers on the regular podcast and in these episodes from what happened in California recently as well, where it just dumped... It said a month's amount of rain, at least in two days. And so the big issue that they're having right now and and this storm that they're going through right now has potentially been the most devastating economically. You know, it's wiped out a ton of infrastructure. The main roads going in and out of Vancouver have all been washed away or in some state of disrepair. They're saying that many of those roads will likely not be repaired until at least the spring and you know winter is just beginning so they've got a whole winter's worth of storms ahead of them there are apparently some 
back roads, you know, in and out, but it's very difficult to pass. And, and so they're dealing with all of the costs involved with the infrastructure issues, along with all of the supply chain issues that come with that as well. And on top of the supply chain issues, you've got people that are panicking. It sounds like for the most part, grocery stores would or should be able to stay full Gas stations should have gas in them, but people are panicking. And so they're panic buying, they're hoarding, just like what we saw during the pandemic with toilet paper and all of those things. And so there's all these images coming out, grocery stores empty of gas stations with, you know, super long lines or just signs that say that there's no gas. And people who live there are saying that people are actually panicking. They're make, they're treating it like it's sort of the end of the world. And all of this is so interesting because British Columbia... Canada itself, the Vancouver area, has always been one of those places that people have had on the top of their list of safe places to go during climate change. And the person who you just mentioned um, in the self-post that you were reading from, they did a really great job in that post basically laying out what we're seeing now is 1.1 degrees Celsius above the baseline. By the end of the decade, we'll be looking at 1.4 Celsius, you know, in a couple decades, 1.7, and then, you know, 2.5 potentially by the second half of this century. So the fact that we're seeing things as crazy as we are now, being only just over one degree and knowing where we're headed, it's pretty fascinating and terrifying to witness. Yeah, one of those comments you made really resonates with something that I've been thinking about. We received a written review for the podcast, and I'll read just a portion of it. You'll see why I think it's relevant. The person here said, great show. I've loved every episode. Highly recommend. Some other suggested topics. If you are interested, I think it would be interesting to talk about where in the United States or outside of people might consider settling in a warming world where it might be safer to avoid damaged property, etc. And then they go on to share some of their thoughts around that. But I can imagine perhaps somebody who a few years ago thought, man, climate change is starting to get crazy. Where's a really safe, peaceful place I can go? I'm heading to Vancouver. And you can only imagine where their mind is at right now. And like you said, that might have been a place that you would predict wouldn't be hit nearly as hard as other areas. And I don't think we're suggesting that Vancouver is going to have a year like this every year. But it highlights this whole idea of global weirding, right? That things are just weird and unpredictable. And the less predictable the future is, the more chaos that brings. And so, for example, if you live in New Orleans, you're not going to be surprised when a hurricane comes your way. But I think as we move further and further down the road, there's going to be more and more people caught completely off guard by the events that happen. One thing I thought was fascinating was some of the comments people were saying, this kind of makes it feel like nowhere in Canada is safe because much of the interior of Canada relies on British Columbia and Vancouver economically, supply chains especially, you know, because Vancouver is just such a big area. And like you said, we're not saying that every single year it's going to be this way, but the probability of these atmospheric rivers continuing to happen is growing. You know, if you refer back to that episode and we talked about, and this number was mentioned in, again, this self-post on Reddit, but he was talking about how with every degree of warming, there's a 7% increase in the amount of moisture that the atmosphere holds and then you add to that like you said the global weirding not only are we adding more moisture to the to the atmosphere but all the patterns are off you know this type of thing can happen more often more frequently and more intense the writer of that post also mentioned how you know maybe that infrastructure can be replaced once but can it be replaced twice can they completely redo all those roads and bridges homes dams everything involved in that 
multiple times. And with how long it's going to take, what happens if another storm comes along? Like I said, winter is just beginning. What if there's another atmospheric river in a couple months? While they're in the midst of attempting the repairs, you know, are they able to just pick up and start all over again? This is the third state of emergency that's been declared in British Columbia in the last six months. And of course, in this case specifically, we're talking about British Columbia, but in general, it applies to any area, any infrastructure. Even if you have a different part of a country that's getting hit by something like this or by a natural disaster that's harming infrastructure, even if it's not the same part over and over again, it's still adding to the overall cost of infrastructure and taking away from other areas where that money and those resources could could be spent, which again then takes us down this whole conversation of catabolic collapse. So I think it'll be really interesting to watch um, what happens in, in Canada over the next several months, watch as they do those repairs, and then to see next year and in the coming years, you know, is it as bad? Does it lay off for a while or what? what does that look like for them? It feels like if we had a podcast that just focused on natural disasters, we would have new content every week for something that happened during that week. That was a major sort of record-breaking event as, you know, somewhere in the world. I've been keeping a list of the things that have happened this year throughout the world, and I'm just amazed at in one year how many different crazy record-breaking disasters can happen. Yeah, and if you live in British Columbia and you've watched these events unfold and you've been experiencing this, you might be now ultra-aware of the impact that people are having on the climate, and you might be eager to make changes. And I can see kind of collectively people in British Columbia making a shift toward less emissions, you know, more clean energy, less waste. But what's sad about that is that's really not going to help their situation. It might have a small impact, but because it's the global population and the behavior of the billions of people around the world that are accelerating climate change, nobody, you know, no individual and no city and no state and even no nation can suddenly decide we're going to fix this and fix it. We would have to have that unified ambition worldwide. And it feels like we're a long ways off from being able to make that happen. Yeah, especially when you consider that, you know, People aren't paying attention to what's happening in British Columbia. And even if they are noticing what's happening, there are people who are denying that it has to do with climate change, or if it does have to do with climate change, they're denying that it's man-made. There are so many levels of ignorance and denial that it seems like nothing will change people's minds. And if it does change people's minds, it's because it's happening directly to them. And by then, for them, it may be too late to really make those changes. It's sad to think that the only way people will come to terms with climate change is because it's, you know, directly ruining their lives. If you live in British Columbia and are experiencing adverse effects from these storms or from the other consequences of climate change this year, it'd be interesting to, to hear from you. I think we'd like to have you reach out via the Patreon messaging or through email or whatever it is um, to tell us your story. Because I think you know, that's something that I think we'd like to follow up on probably in next week. We could share some of those stories or something. So if you want to reach out, let us know what's going on from your viewpoint. Feel free to do so. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk next week.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.